Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen. Well, it's a real treat today because we got the All-American in the house. Nothing but net <laughs> delivering the Cameron Brink, the superstar out at Stanford. All-American, all kinds of accolades, defensive player of the year. We could go yada, 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 Cameron. I mean, <laughs> it's impressive what you've done. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Well, I, I've enjoyed watching you. I've watched you for a long time. I've watched your game grow. You continue to add something every year. It's exciting. Now, when you look at your career in a, in a span of what you've been able to improve upon, where are you most proud about where your game has grown? I think especially this year, it's been my free throws. I think going into my freshman year, my freshman year, I was shooting around 60%. I've worked my way up to 93 now. And I think that's just a testament to the hours I've put in in the gym. So I'm definitely proud of myself for that one. I tweeted about that a couple of weeks ago <laughs> because I was like, damn, look at Cameron. <laughs> I mean, all right, Cameron. So let's talk about free throws for a second because there are a lot of people out there that are horrible free throw shooters. I had a guy in a game last night, this dude shooting 45% from the free throw line. You're, you become a target. And I was a target. It was like, okay, if you foul her, like, so be it. She's shooting 60% from the line. Um, and I knew I was, you know, it's physical. Teams want to try to rough me up a bit because of my frame. So I knew that it's something that I need to take advantage of, you know, just like capitalize on those free shots. So, um, I think that was my trainers pushing me. I was lucky enough to work with Pau Gasol in the off season. And the first thing he told me was you need to work on your free throws. So I took his, his advice and, yeah. um, you know, I still, it's still like every day we, at the end of practice, we have to make 12 in a row. I sometimes I make 20 in a row. So it's just about getting the gym every single day and kind of making it a routine. So that's what I've done. So what would be the biggest thing that you did to go from 60 to 90? You know, tell us like the people out there that are struggling at the line. Give us a secret. For me, I think it's very individual. But for me, I take a deep breath before I shoot. And I think it's important for me because you're out of breath. You, you kind of you're not centered. But when I take a deep breath before I shoot my free throw, I kind of I kind of have this saying, see, feel, trust. And I just trust I've made thousands in my life before so I just trust the process and you know if it goes in it goes in if it doesn't it doesn't but it's a positive just trust, trust your yeah trust your form trust your training so yeah yeah so you're dropping Pal Gasol on us and I'm thinking you're going to drop Steph Curry on us for helping <laughs> I know I know I actually met Pal through Steph so I think it's just Steph always has amazing nuggets for me especially when it comes to shooting and just being a a good leader in general, but I think Powell is just so applicable to me because he was such an amazing big man. And um, the post moves he's taught me footwork um, and just kind of the mentality of a big that you need to have. So yeah. I've been super thankful for him and his mentorship. I mean, that is a part of your game that obviously you needed to improve upon. So now, you know, when I'm putting my top 25 players together and I'm getting to my top five, I'm going, here are the top five players to me in the country that I think are unguardable. You can't stop them because they have too many other ways that they can beat you. You are one of those. When I say Cameron Brink is unguardable, what do you say? 
I say I'm unguardable if I stay on the floor, <laughs> which I had a conversation about this yesterday with Tara. And it's true. Like I've worked hard on my offense. Um, I've always loved defense. I worked hard on my offense, but I'm not able to score if I'm in foul trouble. So I think it's just reminding myself to play within myself um, so that I, I can stay on the floor and, and score. All right, Cameron, under over 57 times, Tara has had this conversation with you about staying out of foul trouble. Under or over yes. 57? Probably over. <laughs> <laughs> over the four years, probably over. Yeah. Slightly over. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing, right? When I talk to Tara, that's that's one of the first things she always brings up about your game. Uh, besides the incredible leader that you are, but then she goes, you know, we got to have her on the floor. And you know that. So how have you... You know, have you massaged the refs a little bit better? Have you worked to stay off contact? Are you trying not to block as many shots? Like, what what are you thinking? Yeah, I think also Pal told me this as well, is if, you know, your opponent makes a tough shot over you, it's like more power to them, you know, like kudos. Like, it's amazing. So I think he's just like, just get him back on, the, you know, on offense on the other end of the floor. So um, I think I'm so competitive that I've kind of need, need to, to like rewire my brain. Like, okay, it's fine if one person scores on you, you know, but I think that's also what makes me so good at defense and just good in general, I guess, is I'm so competitive that I take it so personally or just, I don't know. I just hate when someone scores on me, I want to shut down whoever I'm defending. Um, but I think kind of that mindset switch is it's okay if someone scores on me because it's a four, you know, it's 40 minutes. I, I have to start averaging 35 minutes going into conference play. You know, now I'm, I'm only averaging 22 minutes and that's because we've had some blowouts and, and stuff like that. But um, it's, it's about staying in the game for me right now, for sure. I was just having this conversation about Armando Baycott at North Carolina. He's an older player. I think he has a switch. I think he turns it on when he needs to. Forget about all that non-conference preseason, all that pushing tires up hills and swimming and all that stuff. Like lights <laughs> come on now. We're January, February. It's conference play. This is it, right? This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I feel like you say competitive. I say incredible fire. Like I see more emotion out of you this year than I've ever seen. Is that true? Yeah, I I do feel like um, I've just been really excited. I think today I had a great. Um, conversation with my strength coach and it sounds funny but we try to do five things we're thankful for every day and today was our fi our five senses like being able to see hear all of that and I, I think I've just I've taken that into my play like I'm so grateful to be able to play to be able to put on the Stanford jersey to play for Tara my teammates like we all just have this great camaraderie and um, I think I'm just so fiery because I'm, I'm passionate about my group my girls and I, I just love to play for them um, so yeah I mean it's been a really great start to the to the year and I, I'm really excited about starting up conference tomorrow <laughs> you've been through a lot with tara um yes. covid to championships to you know milestones and she's creeping up on another one and i know we've got a couple of weeks maybe before we can get there but she's going to pass mike shashevsky as the all-time winningest coach it's going to happen eventually in the next few weeks how do you put that in perspective? Like, or is that just another number for you guys? Because you've been on the court for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I think, um, I don't know for Tara, she's very like steady. Like for her, she's, she's always thankful for every milestone, but, um, I think she never takes anything too seriously like that. But for me, it's just this immense amount of pride I have for her. And, um, 
just everything, everything she does for us, everything she does for me. I adore her so much. She makes me laugh every day. She just brings this steady um, energy and this work ethic that I think is unmatched. So I think she's so deserving of it. And um, for me to be a part of that is really, really special. So, I mean, I remember my freshman year when she passed um, Pat Summit was really emotional because her and Pat were so close and she admired her so much. And she, Pat was just amazing. So I think this will just be even more amazing. Um, and yeah, I think I've just, I have such an immense amount of pride for her. So I'm excited for that milestone coming up. I was on the call when Tara passed Pat and you guys were in Stockton and you gave yes. her this polar bear looking jacket and it had <laughs> yes. a funky name on it. And I can't think of what yes. it is. Like, I'm, you guys T-dog. got a plan. What was it? T-Dog. We call her T-Dog. T-Dog. Okay. I know you got to have something planned for this. You're not going to give it up. I know, but tell me there's something in the works. There's something in the works. We're going to get her. We're going to get her good. So um, I'm actually, we actually talked about it today in the locker room. We were brainstorming. So we have a little bit of time, but we're excited. You, you'll you see. You will definitely see. I will be looking forward to it. Okay. <laughs> we we mentioned Steph Curry. Look, tell us a little bit about like, I think the story has been told over and over, Cameron, about your relationship with Steph, how it came about and your families and how connected you guys are and why. But, you know, over time, relationships change. How's a, your relationship with Steph grown? Because I know he comes to a lot of games. Yeah, I think it's um, just kind of that mentorship thing. Like, just, but I don't know. Just, he's just such a goofy guy. So we love to talk about basketball, but it's also just great to have, you know, like that older brother, someone that you can go spend time with, just be like kind of just a human for once, not just your life, you know, revolves around basketball. So he does a really great job of separating things, which, you know, believe it or not, because he gets it. So I feel like it's just really nice to have someone to talk to that lives, eats, breathes basketball, but also loves to, you know, play cards and and just do normal people things, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, he's, you know, Aisha, his wife, like they, they have been such a big, you know, rock for me since I've been at Stanford. So I'm just immensely thankful for them. Okay, so um, I want to ask you this and put it in the right context, because I'm a person that believes that uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, so yeah, the the frenetic fever around Caitlin Clark, and the way she has helped elevate our game, I would put you in a category along with Paige Beckers, Juju Watkins, Cameron Brink. I mean, these are players that have elevated their own personal stock because they work hard, they deliver a product, they have Mm -hmm. incredible personality, and they play with pure joy, like love for the game, okay? When you see what Caitlin has been able to bring with the style and the flamboyant and all that, and then you're doing your thing, are you one that believes that you know, that you all have a collective responsibility to share some of that responsibility that Caitlin looks like she's taking on because she's garnering so much attention. You get a lot of attention too. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to compare. What I'm saying is, yeah. how how do we lift? I think for me, I grew up in, in a household where supporting women was was really important. I've always been, I mean, Brooke Baldwin, she wrote, she wrote a book that I recently read about just uplifting other women. And I think it's so important that we, we build each other up. We don't tear each other down. It's not a competition. We're all here to further the game of women's basketball. So, and for me, like when you bring up Paige, 
even, um, even Juju, like Juju went on a visit to Stanford. Like I think Juju is a wonderful kid. Paige, I've played with Paige, multiple USA teams. Caitlin, like we were just at the Wooden Wars together. Like I adore every single one of these girls. And I think they have such unique talents. And I think for me, like when they have, like Caitlin had a crazy block the other day against Michigan State. Like I, I DM'd her, I was like, that was nasty. And she was like, I'm just trying to be like you. Like we're, we're just building each other up. And I think, um, for me personally, I'm so thankful for Caitlin and Paige because they've helped build all of our brands. If you know, if you're thinking about it that way, but also I think what comes with that is also recognizing the women before us that trailblaze, like, I don't know, Jennifer AZ, we see her in the locker room a lot at Stanford or like we're in Vegas a lot for tournaments. Like she always comes in and talks to us. And so I'm just thankful for players like that, that have, you know, trailblaze for us because without players like that we we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today so i think collectively you all are going to help change the number of little girls playing basketball you know the numbers over time have dropped and yeah numbers have started to sink other girl, girls are playing more sports than they've ever played before but they're not all all playing basketball i think you guys are going to have a a level of responsibility to continue to carry the flag for this because I do see it in my neighborhood. I see you, you have signs at the games that have Cameron Brink on them. Caitlin's got signs. Paige has got signs. Like those little girls are taking the time to, to make a sign. That means it, may, it means the world. Yes, it means the world. And that's like, you bring that up. I love that you brought that up because I do um, a youth basketball camp every year. And my main goal is to just increase participation. It does. You don't need, kids don't need to go D1. They don't need to be like the best basketball player ever, but to play basketball, to have the leadership skills, the friendship making skills that come along with it, everything I think is so vital. And you're right, like participation rates have dropped down. So I think it's really important. And it's, I'm, I feel so thankful to be involved in this era that, you know, we can encourage more girls to play because it's such a beautiful sport and I, I love it so much. So, yeah. I want to get your take on the WNBA coming to your market and what that will mean for the Bay Area. So give us a little bit of breakdown, like Cameron Brink 101 on why the WNBA is going to succeed in your market. Yes. I think especially, well, in the Bay, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Bay, I think, first of all, I'm biased, but I love the Bay. There's amazing food, music, culture, everything. And the Warriors, I think, will be a great program to partner with. Um, Joe Lakeup is amazing. Like he will take care of so many amazing things. I know Steph is going to be involved. So I think it's just a perfect place to have a team. And I feel like um, the community will really back the women. Um, so yeah, I just, I'm excited to see it all come together and more teams. I mean, hopefully I'm biased too, but I hope hope Portland can be one of those teams. Um, I think Toronto would also be amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really exciting. Everything's changing so quickly, but just we more growth. We need it. Cameron, there's times when I'm covering your team and I'm in the arena and I have to do a double take because your mother and you are identical. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I look over there and I go, wait, that's not Cameron. Why is she warming up? Oh, that's her mother. Okay. So your mom and you must have a special, unique, I know you're close with your family. Um, tell yes. me about what it's like with your mom and dad in the stands watching you play and, you know, you're getting towards the end, um, you know, of your senior year and, and it's emotional for parents. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about your relationship there and what, what you're thinking. 
Yeah, so my parents are both retired. They both worked at Nike for 20 plus years. Um, both played basketball at Virginia Tech. So they're very much, um, they just know what they're talking about. And when I was younger, you know, you never want to hear what your parents have to say. But definitely now kind of leaning on them for all of their advice um, and just support has just really meant the world. And truly, like, I wouldn't be anywhere near anywhere where I am now without them. It's, it's crazy to think they, they help me with everything. Um, we do everything together. I call them every day. Um, and yeah, I think I know, I definitely know when senior night comes around, I'm going to be a mess because I'm going to see them in the stands and we're all going to be crying because we're that emotional family. Um, but yeah, they really just make the journey just so much more special being able to share it with people. I think that's what it's about is, you know, like accolades are great. Winning's great, but it's always about the people you share it with. Um, and they're really special to me. When I watch my son play, he's a D2 point guard. I say nothing. I don't cheer. I don't say a word. I sometimes don't even want to sit next to my husband because I don't want him to give, say something and I give some sort of bad body language, right? Because I, yeah. I, I want it to be about him, not about what I'm doing or thinking or what he is or isn't or what the coach is or isn't. You know, I, I don't want to be like that. What are your parents like in the stands? Because when I was a player, I could hear my dad do this in the stands. <clears throat> and I knew what it meant <laughs> yeah I feel like you're always you're always so in tune with that as a player but I think they've done such a great job it's like we have our thing like we hold up I love you in sign language before every game um and that's really the only time I look at them um which I think is healthy like it's about locking yes. in and and being present in the game and then after the game they're always so supportive it's never like you know those hard car rides home that you have with your parents um we sit down we look at my stats sometimes they'll even watch film with me and we'll they're always just complimentary that we never dwell on, on the negative um because you know you it's it's hard you know I feel like girls especially like we can be perfectionists but they just help me focus on the positive and I think it's what I've learned a lot this year is like continue continuing to focus on the positive is really what's beneficial so they helped me to do that so I'm very thankful for them and the last thing Cameron uh, that I want to talk to you about is the Pac-12 race um this is the last year of the Pac-12 um it has been an emotional run I'm sure it's emotional in many ways for you but to look at the way the Pac-12 is sort of going out if you will like the league is unbelievable it's incredible yes. they're great really good teams the race to the end is going to be absolutely amazing the best race in college women's basketball you know, what, what are your, how do you sum all that up? Because you, you've grown up around it and, and, and now you're playing in the finality of what was a magnificent year in a league, you know, can you kind of put a button on some of that and, and your thoughts on, you know, playing in the last round, playing the last time in Pauly, playing the last time at, you know, Matthew Knight arena. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, I'm a very emotional person. I, I've probably said that a million times, but I think especially the year that we're so fantastic as a conference, the year we dismantle, it's just sad. Like we're, we're all such, we're just such a talented conference. And I've said this since my freshman year, we played Arizona in the national championship game is back the pack. Like we've always said back the pack. Um, Keanu Williams, my freshman year point guard would always say that. So um I think it's an honor. I think being able to play this last year, I think makes it more competitive, more special, being able, you know, our goal is to be the last Pac-12 champs ever. So um, we're aiming towards that. But I think it's even more exciting because it's not, it's no game is going to be easy. There's not going to be one game that anyone's going to really win by 20. I feel like, like, um, it's just such a competitive conference. We all, I mean, obviously every conference, you know, everybody, but I feel like Pac-12, like there's something different about, 
Pac-12 defense. It's very like scouting report. Um, we follow statistics to a T, like guard people, how how they shoot it. So um, I don't know. I think it's a phenomenal conference and I'm sad that it's last year. But I think, you know, again, focusing on the positive that, you know, we're lucky to be playing this year. So let's take advantage of it. I want you to help me with one thing before I let you go. So I got a, a task for you and it is, okay. it's going to be challenging. It's not going to be easy. So I, I okay. hope you take it on. Okay. Yes. I have been begging for decades to get in film session with Tara. She <laughs> let me in. I have really? everything to watch film with her. And now it's a running joke. I'm like Tara, when are you watching film? Uh, Debbie, you're, you're not coming to film. Uh, Tara, can I, can I come over and watch film? I can get there early. Um, I'll meet you on the court. Okay. So, so it's kind funny. of like a, a running joke. Like, so yes. would you mind like putting in a good word for me later when you oh, say, like, Hey, I did this podcast with Antonelli and she really wants to watch film with you. And, and I bet she'll, she'll laugh. I will. I will. And I love that you bring that up because my freshman year, I used, I was baffled by how much film we watched and how deep we went into scout. Like we are go so deep into scout. And now it's, when we get to watch film before practice, it's literally my favorite thing because we have this thing called snuff club and you start to recognize patterns and offenses and what teams run and how they run things. And you really, I think um, the biggest thing I've really gotten from Tara is film and how much watching it makes you a better IQ player. I feel like I've grown so much in that sense. I want to be a better so I love that you want to watch it. If not, um, I will watch film with you. <laughs> I want I love to watch, watch film with you, Cameron. How about yes. I'll watch it with you? You'd be a derivative of Tara because I'm trying to be a better broadcaster. I'm trying to deliver the game at a higher level. Yes. I'm trying to educate the masses. Like You're the best. You are so good at what you do. So, But, I, but yeah, I love, spending time. I love yeah. spending time with you. Uh, I am I'm honored that you would be able to come on with us. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to watching you. We're all pulling for you at Nothing But Net to have the most successful year and I know I'm going to see you in the tournament because I always get Stanford and I love it yes no seriously thank you so much it's always amazing to talk to you and you're just such a great energy and inspiration for us all so thank you I'm very honored <laughs> thanks Cameron listen you go get them all right good luck with the start of Pac-12 to play and thanks for being with us thank you thank you